Hello, and welcome back to Mere Skepticism. My name is Kimmy Trafford, and I am here to help you deal with doubts as believers and answer questions from skeptics. And today's conversation comes from a conversation that I had on Twitter. And what we're going to talk about is the so-called hiddenness of God argument. The hiddenness of God argument goes something like this. If God is all-knowing, if God knows me, he would provide sufficient evidence that I could believe that he exists. And it all kind of is rooted in this idea that, first of all, belief is not a choice. That is something that I hear over and over again in my discussions. And I'm not sure that I agree with that. I'm going to put that little flag in there, pin that, pin that for a second. And that essentially that God cannot be real because if God actually wants none to perish, then why would he be so hard to find? Now, there's a couple things I find striking about this argument. One of them being, you're generally sitting with someone talking online or in a coffee shop, and they have a hundred reasons why they don't believe in God, right? They have a hundred different reasons. We could go through a list of them. How can they argue the hiddenness of God? Essentially, their arguments are based on what a believer would use as a support. There's a couple things I think that go into this. Number one, I think there's a difference of understanding of, of what is convincing proof, what is support and evidence. The majority of people who are honest with themselves will realize that they cannot prove their worldview. If they are a positive atheist who states that God is not real, that there is no such thing as a God, or they are a positive um, theist, Christian, they will um, have to admit to themselves, I'm literally looking at what I think to be most probable. I think sometimes we get confused about that. And that's where some of the arrogance and vitriol comes from is we'll literally start throwing back and forth. Well, you prove it. No, you prove it. Well, I hate to tell everybody, nobody's proven this. (laughs) So what we do is we look at what reality is and we base our best guess on what we believe to be true. Now I'm gonna back out of this properly basic beliefs and experiences. And the reason I'm gonna do that is, that is never gonna be something that we're going to use to convince somebody. I'm never gonna convince you by telling you my personal encounter with God. So we back that out of it and we look at what we do know, okay? And in the case of the hiddenness of God, and this is an interesting point, Pascal actually believed that men rendered themselves untrustworthy and hard-hearted. And that's why God didn't reveal himself fully. Now, I'm just going to say, I'm not sure that that that's something that I want to I want to put myself around when I look at the history throughout the Old and New Testament, um, specifically of the Christian um, history and say, he really pursues, I believe, unto death. Um, the spirit and soul of every person. And I think, honestly, the fact that we're sitting around arguing about this ad infinitum online tells you that there's just a big battle going on. And yes, I think that there is a a sense of um, that atheists have or skeptics have that they're winning the battle. I'm, I'm not agreeing with them. I think I think what we're doing really is realizing there were some serious holes in how we passed down faith. And I think some legalism got caught up with um, the nature of God and it, it has cost us dearly. It has perhaps cost us souls um, in that battle. But what I won't say is that um, that they have an argument in the hiddenness argument. And let me just tell you why. The hiddenness argument, first of all, has to 
hinge on the idea that God would do certain things to convince us. Essentially, we deny that God is God unless he does things the way that we want him to do them. We want to be convinced our way. Each individual that is not convinced can basically look at God and say, not my fault, your fault, God. There's an arrogance in that. There's a lack of of understanding of what a God or gods would be that if we literally start our premise with that. So let's start here. When someone comes to you and says, well, if God really was loving, I wouldn't have to guess that he is real. He would overwhelm me with evidence and I would be a believer right now. And, and some of them truly are, I think, people who wish they could believe. I mean, I, I'm not one of those people who think that every atheist wanted to be an atheist. I think there is a great mourning when people leave the faith. And as I've said, and will continue to say, I think a lot of that has to do with more of a fundamentalist bent. They believed things like a woman had to have a certain role or we needed to um, not even accept the idea that evolution could be how God chose to um, to bring about life on earth. It, just a, a numerous other things that I think people drew lines in the sand that really didn't need to be drawn and we lost people on it. We continue to lose people on it. And it's really sad because many will throw out the baby with the bathwater. But when we think about what it is that the, the hiddenness argument says, is it's really kind of a position of arrogance. You would convince me. Now, wait a minute. As a, as a Christian who's a late adult convert or an adult convert at the least, um, who was exposed to Christianity relatively young, but battled with doubts until I literally had to chase each one of them down. I can honestly say that I don't want that position as a, as a human because what it basically says is, is that I want God to dance for me, right? I want God to dance for me. I can sit there with many people who claim the hiddenness argument, and we can talk about the cumulative um, position that the that the theist takes from first um, Big Bang cosmology to moving forward to how, what we have in archaeology in terms of claims of how the Roman government responded to the early Christian church, what we have in historical biography, what we have in holy scripture, some of which are not accepted by historians, but much of which is and considered to be quite a good um, representation of what the original was. So we can have all of this. Then we can have what we know to be the response that some of the disciples were willing to go to their death for what they would have had to have known was a lie if they had not seen Christ raised. We see Paul, who was in a position of privilege, turn his entire life around and be willing to go to prison and be beaten and die ultimately for the truth of his experience with the risen Christ. We have a lot of reasons that we can say, this makes sense. We have some archeology span that really backs up what we see in the Old Testament. And what we say again of, of, of what really happened after the resurrection um, date and what we saw in terms of response from Rome. So we have some things and they're good. They're good. No, they are not proof. We have no more proof than the positive atheist, but we have some really good solid reasons to believe that Christianity is a true faith claim, but that's what it is. And the hiddenness argument can't really chip away at that unless we argue that God has to do things our way right? And there is no default position. When people tell you there's a default position of not believing and then we have to brainwash. I mean, there are studies and I'll, I'll nail some of them down and bring them here to the podcast. But there are studies that show that even kids in very secular, very um, non-faith um, exposed populations, I believe it was Japan, had a 
a, a sense of something greater, a God concept. So we're not gonna we're not gonna give them that ground that that's our default position. It isn't the default position. We we don't have definitive proof of what that default is, but we don't have to accept their opinion on it either. So maybe that's not enough for them. Maybe the history, the biographies, the the archaeology, the existence out of nothing. Maybe those things just simply aren't enough to convince somebody, and that is absolutely within their right. But that's no different than in Jesus's time when they sat with him. When people saw him do healing, guess what? Some of them picked up their stuff and started to follow him in the crowds, and others went back home and had dinner. Others were willing to to take him to the cross and cheer on his death. So people will respond in all different ways to the same exact amounts of evidence. And as long as we have a burgeoning Christian church around the world that is accepting that argument and people that stand up and say, for me, the personal experience of this faith has also made it valid that I have a strong opinion that this is absolutely true and that Jesus is who he says he was then the hiddenness argument kind of loses its it loses its strength quite frankly when we think about it this way so can we argue that people will be disappointed in what god has revealed to them yes can we argue that people could be sad that they wish he did it a different way that they don't think that it's it's overwhelming enough yes and the discussions that i've had recently on twitter have gone something like this well I don't choose my beliefs. And here's where I differ with that. When I look at evidence and I come up with this idea that I think this makes most sense of what we know to be true, I at that point trust that decision. To me, that is very close cousin or the same as a belief. So yes, you can look at what we know to be true and choose to believe it, to believe the claim. So when somebody tries to, to tell me that that's just, that's not true, that I don't choose what I believe, and if God really loved me and wanted me, he'd make me believe him, I say that is tantamount to a assault. God cannot, in consistent, um, consistent methodology, force us to believe anything. Yes, he may, he may alter history and different things to bring about his will, which we can argue is good or not good. However you want to look at God, that will become a judgment value kind of thing. But we don't have any basis to think that God would reveal himself to the point that he would strip a human of their free will. And it is free will that basically says we see what the evidence is and we are willing to choose to believe that that is a truth claim that we accept. And at the end of the day, as long as as someone is arguing with you about all the reasons that they don't believe in God, I think at least for that person, you can take hiddenness off the table because clearly they know what those are. God is not so hidden from them. I know that there are people who will speak to the science of numbers of people in Islam that have had dreams of Jesus, that there are people who will argue many different ways that Jesus has reached out to people groups that even even missionaries have not been able to go to. I'm not here to be able to speak to the truth or, or, the, um, or the falsity of those claims, but I will say this, there's enough of them that makes me think that there is a confidence level that everyone will get the chance to choose God or reject God, and that both are viable decisions. And sometimes when I really listen to what an atheist or skeptic is saying, I think they're saying, 
No loving God would let us choose to reject him. They would make it so overwhelming that we wouldn't. And I just don't see that's consistent with scripture. He had lots of people who were faced with what he wanted them to do and they did otherwise. And yes, there was consequence for that. I take no joy in that. I take no comfort in that. There is nothing that worse to me than a Christian who acts like glee that the day will come when those who have rejected him will suffer. There's no pleasure in that. And I don't believe that pleasure is of God. So I hope this has been a great and practical answer to this idea of the hiddenness of God. Please feel free to send me a DM on uh, mere skepticism if you have any questions or comment here. And I'd love to be able to dig a little deeper if it would be helpful for you. Thanks for taking the time to pop in and I wish you a great rest of your day wherever you are.